Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence. We're going to talk some baseball today. I'm Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. I'm joined by Brad Henderson, the all-time hits leader uh, at Ole Miss. Brad, is that still true? Are you still the guy? And luckily. Yeah, luckily. I don't think you've been passed. <laughs> uh, hey, yeah, I am, Parrish. Um, yeah, well, you know, those records, man uh, – they're they're made to be broken, is what I'm told. And uh, so, but anyway, you're you're hanging in right there as the career hits leader. Uh, Brad is also the color analyst for the Ole Miss Radio Baseball Networks. So we're going to talk about the Rebels here in a second as they get ready to uh, open play this weekend in Arlington, Texas, against three top ten teams there: uh, Texas, TCU, and Texas Tech. So baseball is here, even though we're in the middle of an ice storm. Uh, we'd like to thank. Uh, our sponsor, the Oxford Park Commission, OPC, for coming on board with us. We're excited to have them. Uh, <clears throat> Brad, uh, are, are you? Uh, do you take part of OPC over there? Do you uh, get out and use them? I bet you do. Yeah, we do. We do. My daughter's take. She's ten, and she started some tennis, and we do tennis lessons over there. And it, it's a beautiful place, and we're we're lucky to have it here. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, they are meeting the needs of the uh, LOU community, uh, Locks Lafayette, Oxford, and University, glad to have those guys on board. And uh, Brad, so you've been back in Oxford now uh, with Alpha Insurance for how many years? About a year and a half. Year and Started a half. Started last okay. summer. Yep. That's yep. good. That's good. And uh, tell me a little bit about uh, about Alpha and the work you do with those guys. I would imagine that uh, do, do you do some homeowners insurance? Is that part of what you do? We do. We we do uh, home auto life commercial it's kind of your your, your standard uh in the insurance business it's alpha was alabama farm bureau uh many many years ago and and they kind of broke away from that model and uh we're, we're fortunate to be in oxford and uh we have a good relationship here well uh when we're in the middle of an ice storm uh as we are now i would imagine it could get busy for you uh, after the storm is that right yeah, the phone calls won't be much fun uh, this time off parish. It's, you know, the roads are awful, and we just ask everybody, if you can, stay in. If you have to get out, be careful. But, uh, yeah, this is not a fun time, and, and we just pray that everybody stays safe. Well, how can people reach you, Brad, uh, if they uh, they have some insurance questions or just uh, want to hear what, uh, what you're offering? Yeah, just feel free to call us at 662-236-1575, and when the weather gets better, I'd love to love to meet the people. Uh, we're, we're at 2690 West Oxford Loop, right behind Old Navy. Um, you know, the, the, the shopping center, Old Navy and Home Goods. All right, uh, Brad, uh, you know, it's 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 an Ole Miss podcast here. So we can't uh, we can't really get to <clears throat> do everything we're going to do without talking football. I got a little <laughs> football question for you. Sure. Uh, I know you played some football back in the day. Um, you think Gus Malzahn takes the UCF job, man? Is uh, is he going to take that job and uh, free up Jeff Levy to remain as offensive coordinator at Ole Miss? I know that's a hot topic right now. It is a hot topic, and, and we hope he does. Uh, <laughs> what what Levy and, and Kiffin have done and started here has, has been amazing. But you know th those guys that, that are that talented, it's inevitable he he's going to be a head coach at some point. Obviously, he has major ties there, but. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, there's some ties there with Malzahn and, and Mahajer, the new uh, the new athletic director at UCF. Uh, you know, Mahajer hired him at Arkansas State years ago. So hopefully that relationship stronger than the Levy one and, and we keep Jeff Levy. 
Well, we'll see. I know the uh, Orlando Sentinel was reporting Sunday night that uh, Gus Malzahn had been offered the job. I, I haven't seen this morning that uh, there's been any, uh, that that story has advanced at all. Don't know if he's accepted it. He's not been announced. It's not been leaked. I haven't, haven't seen that, but uh, it does sound like he has been offered the job. I know that's been reported uh, in a few places and uh, we'll see. There's going to be, as you mentioned, this type of discussion uh, for the Ole Miss coaching staff as long as they uh, continue to win and and uh, and and have the seasons like they had uh, uh, in 2020. So good start uh, for Lane Kiffin and his staff. Let's talk baseball a little bit, Brad. Man, as first is, have you ever had a ever seen a baseball assistant coach uh, make that kind of stir? We we don't hear from those guys as much. Doesn't seem to create the same uh, uh, explosion uh, on social media when baseball assistants are changing jobs. No, it doesn't. And, uh, but Mike's had some really good ones, you know, yeah. come through there and that, and that's credit to the head coach, you know, he's hiring the right guys. And uh, obviously you can go down the list with Cliff Godwin and, and Dan McDonald. And, and obviously at some point I feel like Mike Clement will get his shot. And, uh, it, but like I said, that's a credit to Mike hiring the right guys. And, and ultimately those guys do want to become head coaches. Hey, well, Brad, have you seen them? I assume they didn't get out. I started to go over there Friday, man, and it just started to deteriorate. And uh, so have you seen them much uh, from the inner squads? I've been able to watch a little bit, Parrish, basically from the road or from, you know, left field parking lot. Uh, I've had a chance to visit with some coaches, but it surprised me. They actually inter-squad Friday and Saturday. Oh, wow. Um, they got into Yeah, and Saturday was obviously really, really cold. Uh, but I, I figure they're just trying to get some last-minute things in because they knew the weather was coming. Well, uh, when it is as cold as it was Friday and Saturday, I mean, what, what can you get in? I, I'm sure the cold is distracting uh, mentally as well as physically. I mean, what can those players get done in conditions like that? Well, I, I figure Mike is uh, just trying to keep them on a schedule as far as starting pitchers go. They've got to throw. Obviously, they could go inside and throw bullpens, but it's not the same as, as facing live hitters. And with the weather pending, they knew there was probably some on-the-field stuff, you know, whether that be bunt plays, cuts and relays, pick off, you know, just some last-minute things to get in that maybe they hadn't been real sharp at through the spring because uh, obviously they're, they're going to be inside whenever they get back to the to OU Stadium. When I look at this team, Brad, I think, uh, of course, we see a lot of pitching depth, a lot of pitching experience. Seems like a lot of experience. But, you know, you got, as we've spoken before, you've got guys like uh, a number three starter uh, in Derek Diamond who did not see SEC play last year. So even though he pitched very well uh, in the non-conference, still it seems like uh, a lot of experience and potential among those three weekend starters and certainly uh, the bullpen as well with so many guys, seniors from last year, taking advantage of the NCAA's offer to come back for another year. So uh, all of them did. They had four seniors. They all came back. So a lot of depth there. But uh, the first thing I think about, Brad, is <clears throat> how does this team replace just the incredible amount of production on offense that they were getting from the left side of the infield there in Tyler Keenan and Anthony Servideo? And I know there are uh, a lot of candidates. I know there's a lot of potential uh how do you think that plays out? Uh, wh wh where does that production come from? Well, I, th I think Tim Elko is going to have to be a big factor in that. Now, whether he can replace Tyler Keenan, that's yet to be seen. But, but Tim's had a phenomenal run dating back all the way to last year. You know, when he got his opportunities, he made the most of them, went off and had a really good summer, 
had a just a great fall, and I think he's going to factor in the middle of the lineup. Now, I think the biggest question mark is going to be the Gonzalez kid at shortstop. Uh, you know, for for a kid to come in and and you can look back at Greg Kessinger, who was an All American. You know, he struggled. He he struggled as a freshman, but they are really high on Jacob Gonzalez, the freshman from Glendora, California. Uh, he's been one of their top two or three guys. And uh, I, I think he's going to pro- – I think you're probably going to see him hit the two-hole uh, come Friday. Uh, and I, that's a lot of pressure, but he's surrounded by a lot of good players. And, uh, you know, and we'll see where it goes from there. All right, Tim Elko, Brad. Let's go back to him. And I want to come back to Jacob Gonzalez. Um, Elko, 354 last year in the 17 games, just a very strong offensively. And, of course, we saw the summer that he had – in the Northwoods League, and I, and I know that uh, that Mike has a lot of confidence in him. That whole staff does. But from a fan's perspective, they just haven't seen it that much. There's just not a, a big body of work on Tim Elko. You see the athleticism at 6'4", what, 230-ish. I mean, he just, just looks like an athlete. But uh, it's like uh, in, you know, on the field – there just hasn't been that consistency like the light came on a little bit later in his career as it does for some people, okay? Um, why do you think uh, Tim was a little bit later coming around in that consistency and, you know, how difficult is it to maintain it? I mean, again, small body of work last year. Well, I think he was so highly recruited out of high school that I just think it was that the pressure was a little too much for him trying to do too much. Uh, the expectations, and then going into last year, I mean, here's a guy that was a career, I, I don't even know, you know, 250, 220, 220 I think. You know, yeah. Yeah, and, and but he was voted team captain last year. So it says a lot about his intangibles, what he brings to the team. And, and like you said, he just got off to a hot start. And it, it once that confidence started rolling, he was a totally different player and, and one that they've kind of been expecting the last three years. What do you think about uh, Tim defensively at third base? Range, glove, what do you think there? Yeah, I, I think he's going to be, as far as range goes, he's he's a better athlete than Tyler Keenan. He, he's a guy that's, like you said, 6'4", 230, but he's going to steal you some bases. Uh, he's he's very athletic. Uh, he, he's just a big kid, but he's a, he's, a, he's just a guy. It's just a lot of God-given ability there. Uh, obviously, he'll – moving to third, playing every day – He'll have to get comfortable, but I think he's athletic enough to do it. Um, I got really uh, – I was really confident when a ball was hit to Tyler Keenan. You know, that uh, yeah, not, not that he was going to make uh, – so it wasn't going to move a whole lot to his left. Okay, I, I got that. But uh, when he charged, I felt like he was going to make the play. Uh, when it reached him, I felt like he was going to make the play. And uh, so that's – it's a big part. I mean, they call it the hot corner for a reason. Do you – do you kind of see the same consistency there on the balls that Elko reaches? I do. I do. I think he's athletic enough. And, and he's had enough reps now through the fall and spring to, uh, to to feel comfortable. Yes, Tyler Keenan was as sure-handed as you could get, but he was limited on his range, you know, and and, and that's not a knock on him. He, he's going to go down as one of the, the best players ever to come through Ole Miss. But Tim, it, he just brings another dynamic because he's going to get to more balls. He's got really good arm strength. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was a, uh, you know, a shortstop in high school. So anytime you can have a kid that played shortstop in high school, they're going to be pretty versatile. All right. So we have heard uh, Mike Bianco just rave 
about Jacob Gonzalez, the freshman. I mean, say he had him penciled in at shortstop a long time ago, and uh, now the season's almost here. Ha- have you been able to see him uh, much in inner squads? Have you seen much from him? I saw him more in the fall. And yeah. uh, you're talking about a kid that looks the part. You know, he's 6'3", already 210 pounds, and he moves really well. He's real – he's silky smooth at short. Uh, to me, he is the biggest question mark slash factor on how far this team goes because you know as well as I do, you've got to be good up the middle. You've got to be good behind the plate. You've got to be good at short and second. You've got to be good in center field. And, and obviously, Darnhurst is, is a, showed his talent last year, but still, 17-game body of work. Shatney at second, 17-game body of work. And Gonzalez. So, and you're probably going to have Justin Bench in center, who hasn't been an everyday starter since he's been at Ole Miss. So, to me, that's the biggest question mark of this team. And it, it just – it may take a few games to get those guys settled in. But, uh, to me, Jacob Gonzalez is the key because if he can get off to a really good start defensively, this team's going to be really good. Well, uh, you brought up Greg Kessinger, and we saw what kind of career he had at Ole Miss. I, I know he was a 175 hitter as a freshman. And uh, he made a big jump, Brad. And guys, look, sometimes it's it's not that you're branded as a freshman and you can't get better. Certainly, uh, uh, you hope that's not the case. And honestly, uh, Servideo, who followed him, I think hit 222 as a freshman. Um, what's What do you think is the uh, secret sauce, I guess, that, uh, that has uh, Mike Bianco saying Gonzalez is a – you know, uh, a two-hole hitter, uh, just a, a bat they're going to rely on. What's what's different about him as a freshman? Well, I, I think his maturity, number one. I think he's light years ahead of being 18 years old. And uh, it, it, the, the whole – of course, we haven't gotten into the season yet, but, but he's not been overwhelmed by anything, and, and he's facing, you know, SEC starters in inner squads and, and handling them. Uh, he just he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, uh, and in Gray's defense, it's it's pretty tough running out there with Kessinger yeah. across your back and, and the expectations of that signing class being number one in the country and just kind of being thrown in the fire. Jacob can, has kind of mixed himself in uh, with some of these better players, and and we're not we're not really hiding him in the lineup, but but there's not that pressure of hey, my last name's Kessinger, I got to go hit three thirty as a freshman. You know, you mentioned uh, up the middle on defense, and uh, you're right. We haven't seen Justin Bench as an everyday center fielder. Uh, it may work out that uh, that that's what he is. He's uh, looked pretty smooth out there, and what I've seen shows a nice uh, range, uh, ability to make plays, and things like that. What do you think about uh, <clears throat> about this outfield overall defensively? Because I know that Mike Bianco is going to play the hitters. The hitters are going to play. He is, um, but I, he is. if if there's a a Kevin Graham and a, and a Hayden Leatherwood, if if those are the guys playing alongside of uh, of Justin Bench, what what kind of what kind of range is out there? Well, I, they've gotten better. I'll say that, and and I think a lot of it has to do with Kevin Graham came in as a first baseman, so he's had to learn a total new position. Justin Bench came in as a shortstop, same way. Obviously, Leatherwood, he is a true outfielder. Uh, I don't think right now we're as athletic as we have been out there, but I know there's some guys late in the game. We're up two runs, 
you know, that, that are going to come in probably with a little more speed. But, yeah, like you say, this team can really hit Parrish. And uh, th those three guys out there are, are going to add more offensively. And we just hope we score enough runs. Um, you know, with that, with our staff, you got to feel good about it. If you can just get on some runs, you feel pretty good about where we are. Well, when I, when I say uh, Mike Bianco plays hitters, I always laugh at that because I, I go all the, – the first example of that with me was uh, years ago, Josh Christian. Uh, I believe he probably came in a little bit after you, right? Yeah. He did. Yeah, he, he did. did. And, uh, you know, just great guy and, uh, and, and very, very talented hitter. And uh, Mike was going to get him in the, the uh, lineup somewhere, and, and he just uh, wasn't always very smooth in left field. But uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, but I mean, to me, that's, that's, that was the first example. Mike's going to play hitters. It's not, he's not the first one to, uh, uh, to, to take that approach. And uh, you know, I, I like it. I think you got to get your guys, you got to get your swingers uh, in the lineup somewhere. But uh, I do think, uh, as you say, not the athleticism uh, in the outfield that we've seen from this team in recent seasons. Uh, Kale Baker, at first base, uh, Brad, I was writing about him last week and had that monster weekend against number one Louisville to open the mm -hmm. season last year. And from that point, it was just kind of a, kind of a struggle for consistency. Uh, his average got below uh, 200 at one point there uh, in March. And then he kind of finished with a flurry. He got up to 234. I think he finally settled when they – pull the plug on the season. He was around 220. Um, when you have a guy like that, and in addition to being a, a big, strong guy, he's got that uh, teddy bear demeanor. He was just, he was an instant fan favorite. You know, people sure. kind of flock to him, you know, big guys uh, with beards that, uh, you know, uh, swing like he does, man, uh, <laughs> they're just fan favorites. But uh, what do you think he needs to do to become more consistent from at bat to at bat? Well, he, you know, last year, like you said, he got off a hot start and then started seeing a lot more breaking balls. And, uh, you know, coming from junior college, he probably made that adjustment quicker. Uh, and, but I think with the games last year under his belt, that's going to help. But I also think he's got some competition, Parrish. I, I think he's going to have every right to keep that job. Uh, but I think there's some young guys behind him that, that are pushing him as well. So, you know, just like in every season, it, your lineup's not going to look the same on day one as it does day 56. We all know that. But for Ole Miss to be good, they need Kel Baker to be good. Uh, but like I said, there, there's some guys behind him that, that uh, you know, are right there. So I don't think it's – if he doesn't perform or doesn't come out of the gates as hot as he did last year, I don't think we fall off if, uh, if we have to go right-left matchup or left-right matchup uh, with some guys behind him. Who are some of those guys behind him? Who do you think pushes there at first base? Well, I, I think the biggest guy, the biggest name that stands out to me is Trey LaFleur. Yeah. Uh, Trey had very limited at-bats last year. I thought he was going to be really, really good. He highly touted, you know, drafted out of high school, kid from, uh, I believe he's from Florida, and uh, super athletic. I think he's the – I think he's defensively he's our best first baseman. Uh, now, he is going to be on the shelf for maybe a week or two. Uh, had an injury a couple weeks ago playing first base, uh, I, ball, ball took him off the line trying to tag a guy, and, and he had a shoulder injury, but he will be back. And uh, before he got hurt, he was swinging it really, really well. I know he had three home runs in one weekend and 
I, I think at some point he's really going to break out. Well, that sounds like a guy that Mike's going to work into the lineup somewhere. Uh, you know, so maybe they'll, <coughs> excuse me, get him back sooner rather than later. Another name I've heard a lot about is TJ McCants. And it sounds like if, uh, if they were not so um, impressed with Gonzalez at shortstop that, uh, that he could have ended up there. Uh, what do you see? Uh, what have you seen in, in TJ? Well, I tell you, TJ had a great fall and a great spring and, and he's in the mix. And, and I say that because I've seen him work some at third base. So yeah. if we ever get into a situation where maybe Elko's got to go to first, TJ McCant slides in there at third, and he very athletic, tall, thin, can run, left-handed batter. Uh, so Mike's got a lot of options, which is a good thing. So like I said, it, it'll all play itself out, but uh, they're really high on TJ McCants. Will you be making the trip to Arlington uh, with the radio team? Knock on wood, if the weather allows me. I've got a plane ticket booked, and I'm just praying – Praying this stuff gets out of here Thursday so I can get on a plane. Well, how do you like this field, Brad? Uh, it looks really competitive. I, I know that, uh, I guess, uh, uh, TCU or Texas Tech has lost one of their better arms. And so it's already some shuffling for some teams uh, at the beginning of the season. But uh, it's a very competitive field right out of the gate. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be hard for Ole Miss to keep that 16-game winning streak going. It will be. It will be. But it'll be a great measuring stick right out of the gate for these guys. And obviously a beautiful new ballpark there in Arlington. And the, the World Series was played there last year. It's got a retractable roof, I believe. So weather won't be an issue. And it's just going to be really, really good baseball for three days, Parrish. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, what are you expecting from this uh, Ole Miss rotation right out of the gate? We've talked about them a lot. Uh, you know, I, I look and I I see Gunnar Hoagland with the ERA from last year really kind of coming into his own. Uh, Nikhazy's such a competitor. Sometimes when that breaking ball doesn't get exactly where he wants it to drop, you know, he can put some guys on bases, had some walks, but it was just so hard for teams to put together a big inning against Doug Nikhazy that he usually was able to pitch himself out of those situations. And then Derek Diamond, again, some fire and a, and a competitor and, uh, you know, a, a guy that I know uh, everyone is is anxious to see uh, against teams like he will face this weekend. Well, they're really good on the mound. I mean, you, you hit it, Parrish. Uh, Nikhazy, Bulldog, you know, and, and, and I, I think you could interchange any one of those three. Now, obviously, you're probably going to keep Derek on Sundays just because of his lack of uh, innings pitch, but talent-wise, they're all three very, very similar. Um, you got to feel good about it, and, and you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, the, the depth we have with Chofi and Miller and Broadway. and my, I mean, it's just you, you've got so many weapons, and you just feel like if, if we can get a lead, you, you got to like our chances. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence. We thank you for Clicking in with us today, we want to thank uh, Oxford Park Commission for coming on board, coming along for the journey. We look forward to uh, partnering with those guys. And uh, be sure to check out uh, our daily Ole Miss coverage at djournal.com. Click that drop-down menu on the left, scroll down to the Ole Miss page, and just watch the stories flow. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.